Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Aaron Rodgers, back in the news yet again, but actually speaking this time and maybe gives us some sort of content, sort of, on what to see of what his thinking is at this point with the Packers and his future. He was on with Kenny Main last night on SportsCenter. There's, there, it was the short version, and then there's the long version on YouTube. And he says, it's not about Jordan Love. It's about the philosophy. Now, two things come to mind with this for me. First thing is, if it's, if it's the philosophy, well then, yeah, it's got to be Jordan Love, because we all know why he's upset about Jordan Love, because he wasn't told about it. So obviously that is the philosophy there. So I don't understand. I, I guess it really is about Jordan Love, even though he's just trying, and I'm sure he's just trying to sidestep that he has no issue with the kid per se. But in all essence, yeah, he kind of does because he's here. So I don't really understand that at all from him. And then secondly, of course, it really is obviously about two people, the owner and the GM. That is definitely true. But at this point, I don't see him leaving anywhere. Because I just don't know if the Packers are going to get what they want in return from teams that are interested in him, like the Broncos, for an example. I just don't think they're going to get that. And also, too, we've been through this before with Aaron Rodgers. Where he's been unhappy once one year is because of a lack of weapons. You know, just frustration from underachieving. And now it comes to the this issue with Jordan Love, whether he says so or not, however he says it or not. 
because again he says it's the philosophy not Jordan Love well then yeah it is Jordan Love because the philosophy of the Packers is they wanted to obviously draft what they think is the future besides Aaron Rodgers and they expect Aaron Rodgers to think okay that's fine because this is my entering 17th year in the league I'm what 33 34 years old Aaron Rodgers says it's also you can't forget about the people we'll play that clip in a sec so again when he says it's about the people he's got a, he's obviously referring to himself and so we there is his beef right there So that's my feeling on where that stands last night. Here is Aaron Rodgers with Kenny Maine last night on on uh, late night Sports Center when Maine asked him a series of different kind of questions in his own little Kenny Maine type of style as he's getting set to leave Sports Center after decades of times there with them. And then Kenny Mayne, as professionally as he's done for many years, snuck in this question as well after having a little fun with him at first. A lot of people are uh, counting on this interview, we, like make some big news so you could take jeopardy, you're going to retire, uh, you're going to demand a trade, you're going to show up on time. I mean, pick one. G give me something to work with here. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Are uh, you demanding with my, a trade? With, yeah, with my situation, look, it's, it's never been about, uh, you know, Never been about the draft pick, uh, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to to work together. Uh, I love coaching staff. Love my teammates. You know, I love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible. Sixteen years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy. Uh, you know, and and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about it's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. And a lot of this was put in motion last year, and uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the, the spill out of all that. See, there it is right there. He mentions his teammates, the fan base, playing at Lambeau. He mentions the coaching staff. Who doesn't he mention in there? The GM and the owner. So be very in a jeopardy like way put it put it out very clearly put it out there in my view of course it's about Jordan Love of course it's about them not telling him that they were going to draft this guy because they they want to start thinking about the future for this time when they're still a contender of course it's when it, when he says it's about the people it's about him and to me, that was a little bit passive-aggressive. That doesn't really help his image, in my opinion. Yes, I'm on the belief that the Packers were dumb to draft Jordan Love because, A, it's a reach to begin with for a guy like that from Utah State to get in the first round. And if I remember correctly, they traded up to get him a couple of years ago. And, yes, this is still a team that can be a Super Bowl contender, but they haven't been able to add those pieces. Whether it's offensively to give him another weapon, 
or add to what's been an underachieving defense. I mean, you saw that in the in the NFC Championship game against the Bucks. And so Roger, and then Rodgers doesn't get told about that. Yeah, I get the frustration, but there comes to a point where you need to move on. Okay, you're still Aaron Rodgers. You can still make this team a one of the better teams in the league. And you've made your money and everything else. And as I said to Steve a few weeks ago, when all this first came up, I really do think the Jeopardy thing is in his mind, a real possibility to leave after a long, long successful career in the NFL. And he knows that he obviously can't get out of his contract as of right now, so he's just trying to, or maybe he doesn't want to look like he's quitting on his team. So he's just trying to milk this out a little bit. I see straight through this. I really do. It's selfish on his part, but again... There is some fault here on both sides, as I said before. So there is another bizarre chapter to this bizarre saga between that's still ongoing but has obviously heightened this offseason between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I still don't think he's going to get traded. I still think he's going to be in a Packer uniform when the season gets going. And this is going to be a whole hullabaloo and was just really a show during the offseason. The only way I see Aaron Rodgers leaving the Packers is if he's going to take that Jeopardy job, which, as I mentioned before, as an <laughs> avid Jeopardy fan, I don't think that's going to happen. He's got a decent shot. There's no doubt about that. He's been one of the best guest hosts they've had, but I don't think they're going to have it to him still. But who knows? It's just been very bizarre. If I'm a Packers fan, uh, my patience is wearing very thin with this. So get your takes on that. And Steve will join us too from the Sunbury Motors Studio coming up after this here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors keywords 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. So Aaron Rodgers was on Kenny Main at his last Sports Center last night. And so uh, I guess he's always had a great relationship with Aaron Rodgers, so Aaron Rodgers was on with him last night. Uh, now, look, whatever Rodgers' beef is with Green Bay, I, you know, obviously we're doing this from 30,000 feet, but I want to get into something that he said on the show last night, which I think is important, and it's also, I think, one of the reasons why we've had at this station – long-term success okay um you're wondering well what the heck does this have to do uh with aaron Rodgers? but listen to what rogers had to say now obviously his beef is obvious with general manager brian good guts whatever it is who knows uh so he's asked about the situation last night he said, with my situation, look, it's never been about the draft pick, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. We've had a lot of fun working together. Love the coaching staff. Love my teammates. Love the fan base in Green Bay. An incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a philosophy and maybe forgetting that it's about the people 
that make the thing go. It's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. He said, a lot of this was put in motion last year, and the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won the MVP and played the way I played last year. I'm not so sure he's right about that. I think I think what they tried to do is they tried to think three years from now, four years from now, and not about last year, but that's neither here nor there. Um, this is just kind of, I think, a spill out of all that. But it's about the people, and that's the most important thing. Green Bay has always been about the people, from Curly Lambeau being owner and founder to the 60s with Lombardi and Bart Starr and all those incredible names to the 90s with Coach Holmgren, Farvey, and the Minister of Defense, Reggie White, to run that uh, and the run we've been on. It's all about the people. So I think some people forget what really makes an organization. History is important legacy of so many people who have come before you. But the people, that's the most important thing. People make an organization. People make a business. And sometimes that gets forgotten. Culture is built brick by brick, the foundation of it by the people, not the organization, not the building, not the corporation. It's built by people. I've been fortunate enough to play with a number of amazing, amazing people and got uh, got to work for some amazing people as well. And it's those people that built the foundation of those entities. I think sometimes we forget that. See, that's something like, for example, in what we do here with Sunbury Broadcasting, and I've talked about this before, one of the reasons I have been so bullish on working here has been because it's been about people. It's been about the people. You know, it's it's been about Matt. Uh, it's been about Mark. Uh, it's been about um, you know, if, you know, chief above all, of course, Roger. Because this is this is kind of this is what Roger fosters. You know, before that it was Drew, and of course Allie, and of course I just spent time with Drew and Allie over the weekend at uh, Joe Portelli's wedding. But it's always it's been about people. In other words, you, know, you hear when Dave Ritchie calls up, you know, I think the world of Dave. Uh, Matt's, you know, Matt's been awesome and everything. You know, the foundation of what we do is, yeah, we do broadcast and we do it right, but it's also about people because we bring people in who do it right and are great to work with. Did I leave anybody out? S-U-I-T, that spells Suta! Yeah, Doug. Doug is somebody that is also really... (laughs) You, sir, are my hero! Oh, but I mean, what, Kyle's in today, right? He is. You know, we had Chad on last week as well. We just, you know, the foundation is built by the people you bring in. And in this business, now, now, now he's talking football here. You have to be able to look. You have to be able to perform. You have to be able to do it at a high level. You just can't go in and go, hey, it's one happy-go-lucky group and we're great and the whole thing. No, you have to have people who are committed to doing what they need to do. I'll give you an example of basketball. I saw Micah Shrewsbury last night and talked to him for a little bit. Uh, and I'm not going to get into which assistant coach because the assistant coach is the one that told me the story. And then Mike and I talked a little bit about it last night. 
couple weeks ago, as you know, you know, with the new staff, everybody's moving in. They're trying to find homes. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to run a basketball program, recruit, keep players, but they also have to take care of their own personal lives. A couple of weeks ago, one of the assistant coaches went in to Mike and said, Coach, I really hate to ask this, but I know it's 2 in the afternoon. I, it's the only time a real estate agent can we can look at a house. And he looked at him and said, for goodness sakes, what are you standing here for? He says, go. And, and the coach said, well, you know, I know we got so much going on right now. He said, look, he told the assistant, look, do you own a phone? He says, yeah. He said, if I need something, I can call you. We all have phones. We all have iPads. We, you know, if we absolutely have to do something that second, we can take care of it that second because we all have phones and iPads. He says, go take care. Of, he says, go. He says, go take care of the house. All right. Now, we already know that the assistant, they, you know, the assistants that he's hired are high quality workers, recruiters, and so forth to begin with. But it really instills in a culture the importance of people when you have an attitude from the top like that. You're going to run through a wall for a person like that. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is talking about here. You know, you're not looked at as... I mean, this. I hate this when somebody says... I've had people... You're a great asset. No, you know what? My home's an asset, okay? All right? A little bit more than being an asset. You know, that's that's you know, that's when you get the corporate mindset and you sit back and go, Oh my goodness, you don't get it. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565 This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, fabulous pre-owned inventory, great deals to be had all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Under the guise of we're desperate for stories, CBS Sports Cowboys signed former Ohio State receiver Johnny Dixon at start of 2021 OTAs. Oh, my almighty! Like, Johnny Dixon? Johnny Dixon barely made my chart. I'm not kidding you. It's like he was on there because he might play like four plays. All right. That's almost as bad as Fox Sports, what they did yesterday with Julio, what Chad and Sharp did. Oh, well, that's just that's where that's where we're going to in media. All right, Cam Hayward is tired of the Ben Roethlisberger bashing. He defended his quarterback passionately today. He said, "Quote: When I hear the bad mouthing about him not being a great quarterback, and everybody's ready to elevate other quarterbacks, I'm like, excuse me, what have they done? This is a proven winner, but yet they discount him. He's actually been the guy that's won two Super Bowls." Now Roethlisberger did throw 33 touchdowns last year to 10, but seven of those 10 were in the final six games, including 
four in the home playoff loss to Cleveland. He said, I think we're just blowing this out of proportion. The dude went 11-0 and to start the season. How many other quarterbacks did that? I think we could sit up here and talk about how we lost the game last year. We lost to the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so be it. We all fell off at the end, but we still made the playoffs. He said, I'm, I'm not here to say my quarterback's not able to do it. I've seen this guy win Super Bowls. I've seen him day in and day out compete. You get frustrated because I just know Ben puts in the work. I know how much he cares about the team. Pat Fryermuth said, you know what? He called me the day after I got drafted. He reached out. He's an awesome guy. He texted back and forth a little bit. It's pretty cool seeing him when I was a little kid watching the NFL like, oh, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Now he's in the locker right next to mine. It's interesting. Teammates are coming to his defense. This is the part now, Kyle, where Matt jumps in, and this is where hate ensues. Well, it's not necessarily hate. It's nobody was necessarily wrong with their analysis of Ben Roethlisberger. There was some noticeable flaws in his game last year because he's 38 years old. And there really is no plan for... Post-Ben Roethlisberger era. There is no plan. That is correct. But he's also the best quarterback in the state. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. And he was the best quarterback in the state last year. Of course. And the year after, the year before, the year before that, the year before that. But, but, it, but he's acting as if we're like, it's just a total bash city on Ben Roethlisberger. Not really. Uh, actually, it has been. Uh, the, the, people have really gone after Roethlisberger pretty good, I think, during the course of... The season, the off season, you know, not really during the eleven and zero. I mean, you could see that there were flaws with how they were doing things. That you know, sometimes you get by with uh, a way of doing things. You know, you're getting away with it. That when somebody catches on, it's going to be tough for you. And the Steelers did get away with certain stuff early last season, and they went as far as they could with it because they probably weren't capable of doing more than they had. They didn't have a running game. It's not like Roethlisberger would look back and say, look, guys, take a little pressure off what we're doing here. Let's let's do a series and run the football. They can't run the ball. Can't run the ball at all. Uh, but he caught a lot of flack. Now, it's going to happen when you're the quarterback. I understand that. When you're the quarterback, you're going to get too much praise. And when you're the quarterback, you're going to get too much criticism. I get it. But, boy, there have been a lot of – you know, the big problem with him, to me, was is the money issue which, you know, he straightened out with his, his contract in the off season, And when I mean the money issue, it's not how much money he makes. I don't care how much um, I don't care how much money he makes. But what it did was it put the Steelers in a financial bind as to how much they could spend the other people to make the team better. Uh, but, you know, I look, it, it, it's very interesting in, in, in this league that there are certain guys that have been able to win. Brady is obviously one of them. He gets praised all the time. Russell Wilson has won. He gets praised all the time. Eli Manning was always an interesting mix. Yet when the money was on the table and he had to get it done, he won twice. Ben Roethlisberger, money was on the table three times for him. He won twice. 
you know, there are a lot of quarterbacks in this league. Oh, the praise for this guy, this guy, this guy, and like you're still waiting for them to win something. At least he's won. At least he's won. It's a little bit better than some of the other people that get praised left and right for how they play. I mean, Dak Prescott gets praised left and right, left and right. Well, guess what? Dak Prescott isn't even, it hasn't even gone to where Ben Roethlisberger's won. He hasn't even gone there. Oh, yeah, and then there's your guy, Jalen Hurts. Well, yeah, he, he he's won one game. <laughs> yeah. Your guy, who, by the way, has got a lot of talent, but, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what goes from there. But uh, but that's your guy. But he, he just, like, he's not perfect, obviously not. And he's obviously the twilight of his career, and he's not going to go out there and do what he did early in his career where he's just firing the ball downfield and firing into doubles and triples and getting away with it. He can't do that anymore. Just can't. Simple as that. But I, I respect a veteran teammate coming to the defense of another veteran teammate. I think you know, there's, you know, that's how you build a locker room. That's how, that's how you do it. I've tried to tell the suit that for years. <laughs> I mean, sure, you, you, you can be give him that. You can, he can, you can be admirable towards what he did that that shows how much Ben Roethlisberger is respected as he should be for the reasons you just mentioned but what I'm saying is this is not really new heavy criticism of Ben Roethlisberger just in general is not new this money thing I didn't think was that big a deal he came in he fixed it and, and now we move on and right. then but again it was, only, it was only a big deal in that it was hanging there that's that's right. what that, that's what made it a big deal and he changed that which you I expected him to anyway I'm just saying that's what happens all the time I mean Mahomes won on a rookie deal uh, you know Brady's always had lower contracts Rodgers has not been to the Super Bowl since he got the mega deal. Wilson hasn't been to the Super Bowl since he got the mega deal. And it did nothing. Look, I want everybody to get everything they can. I mean, I want them to get everything that they can. I mean, I want you to get everything you can and you deserve. I, you know, I mean, that's I just want I just want that for everybody because I want everybody has has the opportunity to do great great things with their own lives. But when it comes to how the team is structured, how the league is structured, it does then create some twists and turns along the way as to how you somehow build a team and get around it. And that that's that's the issue I see with it. Yeah. Now I realize I don't come at the show you know, hating everything. I just leave that. I just leave that to you. <laughs> I leave that to you. No. Sort of, I guess. Do you go home and do you talk this over in your house? <laughs> um, there is sometimes, yes. And how often is it seen in the end, my wife? 
Uh, depends on the subject. <laughs> when it's on the Eagles, then yeah, it's kind of seen your way. But it, it, it all depends. Hey, by the way, 10 of the 30 Major League Baseball teams are going 100% starting this weekend. And I know we mentioned it early, so I knew it was going to happen anyway. But Massachusetts has been a pretty locked down state. I mean, for a long time. But the Red Sox are going 100% this weekend. Uh, look, Texas has been doing this since opening day. There have been no issues. I think the Braves did this early on, didn't they? Now, the Phillies can't do it until June 11th. Does that sound right? That's right. And, yes, the Braves were the second to follow the Rangers. Well, I know the Diamondbacks are going to start doing it. The Red Sox are going to start doing it. The Brewers are going to start doing it. Um, but there was a different vibe over the weekend in sports because of the crowds. Knicks, Hawks, PGA Championship. Just a different vibe. You had the usual crowd at the Indy 500 where all you heard was... <laughs> where are the fans? <laughs> You're going to have 135,000 fans at Indy this weekend. Now, I know Charlotte can hold 171,000 fans, so I don't know how many tickets are allowed to sell there. Indy's going to be at 40%, and that's 135,000. And so uh, everything is loosening up. Now, who knows if the Penguins can even get to the second round? I mean, that was a bad mistake made by Tristan Jari in overtime last night, a a really bad mistake. I mean, clearing the puck up the middle of the ice into traffic? What are you doing? And then he botches the play on the save. And they score and they lose it down three games to two. Uh, Part of the issue in that, too, is the Penguins thrive on the power play. They can't get on the power play. They're 15th in power play time in the playoffs right now. 15th. There are only 16 teams in the playoffs. And they, they can't get to the power play. So somebody put out this cartoon that had NHL rule book, and it shows it about four inches thick. Playoff rule book, and they showed it about one inch thick. And it said overtime rule book, and it was a, it was a page <laughs> that was ripped out of the book. That was actually pretty funny. I thought that was, that was well done. Um, now, that page thing, that's about all the Eagles deserve, by the way, when the, well, after whole, this season, yeah. For the whole game, that's all they deserve. <laughs> uh, Celtics, uh, Nets tonight. Nets won the opener. Lakers, Phoenix tonight. Suns won the opener. Uh, Mavs, Clippers tonight. Mavs won the opener. Stanley Cup, Toronto, Montreal. Leafs up two games to one. Nashville, Carolina in Raleigh tonight. Series tied at two apiece. How about the Phillies? Have you seen this stat? About the Marlins? Do you realize that since 2019, the Marlins are seven games over 500 against the Phillies? I know. It's it's just and, unreal. And they're 31 games under 500 against everybody else in the division. It's something that I don't think anybody's going to be able to explain. So who should be fired for this? I mean, you're, you're big on this. 
To me, I go straight to the management. I was just kidding. <laughs> I think it's just an odd coincidence, I'm but just, just the way that things are right now. I, I, If I'm a Phillies fan, I'm not impressed with the upper management. More so that I'm not impressed with Joe Girardi at this point. He speaks highly of you. <laughs> well, this is... Uh, I just I saw I think it was Jason Stark that put out that stat. Phenomenal! I just sat back and went, "You got to be kidding me, really?" Because I did feel like the Marlins were winning a lot of games against the Phillies, but I didn't realize it was like boom or bust. The Phillies were boom, and the rest of the division for them was bust. And to no surprise, Bryce Harper just got placed on the ten-day IL with a forearm contusion. It's a bruise. Correct. You know, Har- you know, I feel badly for Harper. Harper, of course, got hit in the face. Do you realize his first 55 at-bats after he got hit in the face? He struck out 25 times. I feel awful for him. Well, why he's just hitting the IL now, I don't understand either. Well, it's a, it's a forearm bruise, so obviously it's because of his forearm. But he clearly is not, he's not playing like himself. His, his at-bats have been atrocious. He can barely... Stay alive in at bats. Yeah, I think you know what could change the Phillies around because Ray Milto has been on the uh, IL. Maybe the Phillies should go after Gary Sanchez. Go ahead. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it would work for both sides. It would. I was trying to say something that would make you happy. <laughs> hey, if, if the Phillies give me some in return, I don't know what exactly they can get in return for Gary Sanchez, but, and considering the way the Phillies roster is right now, but hey, I'm okay All with right. it. They can use his bat. All right, so I'm not, I'm not going to get into which team here, okay? But a good friend of mine, longtime friend, happens to be a minority owner of one of the Major League Baseball teams. So they had a player on the roster that they had to that the the lead owner the lead owner says, "Look, we got to get rid of this contract. You got." So he says to the GM, "You got to get rid of the contract. Figure out what to do." So about a month later, they're having a, an owners meeting, and my friend is in on the meeting, and they come in, and the GM comes in and goes, "Hey, uh, just so you know," he says, "We dealt him." Oh, yeah, really? Where'd you send him? And he tells him where he sent him. He goes, oh, that is great. Awesome job. Fabulous. Oh, boy. Did exactly what we needed to do. That's great. He said, well, don't you want to know who we acquired? He goes, what? You mean they gave us players? (laughs) Everybody wants to know how things operate in the corner office. All right. (laughs) S-U-I-T. That spells suit-da. Like I said, we're an organization about people. I think the world of Doug. All right. (laughs) We'll come back with more in a moment. It's great to have you with us today. Neil Kulong, next half hour. Then we're going to talk about Sixers and Wizards, final half hour. Looking forward to that. Uh, Next will be on the ratings. Uh, not a good day for the NBA. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, if you're Adam Silver, on Saturday night, you got bad news. When somebody walked up to him and probably said, hey, by the way, just so you know, Phil Mickelson is leading the PGA Championship. Gulp. Uh, Okay. And what the NBA needed was, look, obviously Tiger takes ratings to a level nobody's seen. There's only one other guy that moves the needle, and that's Phil. Not to the extent of Tiger, but Phil moves the needle. Uh, Yeah. And then Mickelson's found fooling around in the first fuels, and then Adam Silver got a really bad piece of news. Mickelson holed in from the bunker on five. Uh-oh, problem. Here's how the problem translated ratings-wise. Uh, the final round averaged 6.6 million viewers. The final hour had 13 million viewers. Uh, the number one NBA game was the Suns and Lakers, 4.4 million. Celtics-Nets, 3.8. Knicks-Hawks, 3 million. Then you start getting to markets that just you know, no matter what Grizz Jazz, uh, I mean Grizzlies Jazz, two point seven million Wizards Sixers, weakest of all of them, one point nine million. A, a golf tournament where a lot of time you see people walking on fairways had thirty three percent more viewers than the highest rated NBA game. Oh, and then in the last hour. In the last hour, had 300% more viewers than the highest-rated NBA game. That is not good for the NBA. Like I said, Adam Silver got the bad news side. What do you mean? Uh, well, who's it get that? Who's leading? Oh, jeez. If you told me it was Lou Eustace, I think we we're going to have a good day. No. And then he holding on fire. Oh, great. Now he's going to be in it the rest of the day. And they got buried. Buried. Not good.